Welcome to the Gateway.Live podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray that God speaks to you through this message and through his word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in. This message is definitely a message. It is uh, not a sermon, I would say. This is basically... Uh, part two of last week's message. Uh, I couldn't give Southlake all of it. I had to give some of it just for you, right? Uh, Talking about this new year and some of the things I believe the Lord is saying are going to be essential to be able to walk in step in our callings and go where he is leading us. Joshua chapter one kicks off one of the biggest leadership transitions in all of scripture, the transition from Moses to Joshua. And we see some things in the life of Joshua that really stand out to me as it relates to entering into a new season. I'm going to give you five things. I'm not going to be able to camp on any of these points for too long. And then we're going to pray together Before we even start our series entitled Together, we're going to pray together for one another about what we're each believing for in 2019 because that's what family does, all right? The title of this message is this, Be Attitudes for a New Year. Be Attitudes, two words, for a new year. And here's the first attitude that I believe is going to be required in 2019. Point number one, be brave. Be brave. God kicks off his conversation with Joshua in Joshua chapter one, saying something very repetitive that I think isn't just for him, it's for each of us in this season, in this dispensation of time on the earth. Read with me in Joshua chapter one, starting in verse six, God says this, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Okay, what God's saying is be brave. Be brave. Have you ever thought about what bravery is based upon? Think about it. What is bravery based upon? I think there are really two answers to this question. The first is for unbelievers, and the second is for believers. For an unbeliever, bravery is based upon what they would say is called inner strength, right? It's inner strength. That's where bravery comes from. For a believer, that's not what bravery is based upon. For the believer, bravery is based upon our proximity to the one who has all strength. It has nothing to do with inner strength. It has everything to do with your proximity to the one who has all strength. Now, look in verse five, one verse before where I started you in verse six, you can see God sending Joshua this message what his bravery is to be based upon. God says this, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I, God says, will not leave you or forsake you. God has made that exact same promise to you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Your bravery is not based upon your strength. Your bravery is based upon your proximity to the God who has all strength. And if bravery is not required where you are going, then I would submit to you you're not going where God is leading. Where God leads always demands bravery. A measure of faith that is beyond what you think you are capable of. But thank God, bravery has nothing to do with your strength and everything to do with your proximity to the one who has it all. Don't measure 2019 by the amount of success you experience. Here's what I believe God wants you to measure 2018 by. The amount of bravery you employ. Don't look at 2019 and measure it by the success you experience. Measure it by the bravery you employ. Success is up to God. Bravery is up to you. Be brave this year. It's going to be required where God is leading you to go. Here's the second B attitude. Behave accordingly. Behave accordingly. How many of us would say, I want to experience success in all I do in 2019. Just put your hands up, okay? Some of you think it's a trick question, so you put your hand down like, no, I'm gonna be humble, okay? So let me ask it another way. How many of you want to experience failure in all you do in 2019? Put your hand up. Okay, here's what I would say. Nobody wants to, I know I talked about failure last week. We want to experience success. We're gonna need to experience failure, but here's what I would say. Deep down, all of us, want to experience godly success as we follow the lead lead of the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, that's not bad, all right? Let me show it to you in Scripture because Joshua doesn't even say he's looking to experience success. God is the one that brings how to experience success up to Joshua. Look in verse 7 of Joshua chapter 1 now. God says, only be strong and very courageous. He says it again, all right? Be brave. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Watch this next part. That you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that You may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Question. What is the most important behavior in the Christian life? Is it evangelism? Is it giving? Is it church attendance? What is the most important behavior in our walk with Jesus Christ? I would submit to you, it's this, obedience. Obedience is the single most important behavior 
in your walk with Jesus Christ. Now, when you say, I would like to experience more success in 2019, I, I don't want to uh, just walk through a bunch of failures, but I, I want to experience godly success in 2019. That's great. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. But here's what I would say. You will never get what you want by behaving however you want. If you think that you're going to be able to go where God is leading by doing whatever you want, you have him twisted with the wrong guy. You cannot go there by doing whatever you want here. It doesn't work like that. Obedience is essential. It's one of the reasons it's one of our values, Shema, one of the most important prayers in Scripture. Shema Israel, hear and obey. Hear so clearly that you're compelled to obey what you hear God saying. Okay, I hope and pray that your strategy for this year isn't a selfish one. I hope it doesn't involve you doing whatever you want to do. Because if that's your strategy, here's where you're going to go, where you'd least like to visit, the backside of the mountain. And I don't know if you've ever been in the back 40 as it relates to God and his kingdom. I have ventured back there several times. Maybe you've never been there before. But I have been there before and I've learned something about being sent to the back 40. It always starts by me doing my thing. And it's almost as though God sends me to my room and says, I'm going to let you figure this one out because I am not letting you go ahead. I'm not letting you go forward one step until you figure this out. You are not on this earth to do what you want. I put you here to do what I need. God says to Joshua very plainly, hey, I'm all for you having a good run here. I'm all for your success, but let me tell you how you're going to experience that success. Obedience to me. Do everything I tell you to do. What if in 2019, your only goal was to do everything God told you to do? What do you think this year would look like? What if this year you obeyed more than you ever have before? What do you think might happen this year? God clearly says on so many pages of Scripture that he has a very particular response to your obedience, and it is not a curse. It's a litany of blessing. Everybody wants the blessings. Oh, I want to be blessed. God blessed me this year in 2019. Rip open the windows of heaven and bless me and my family in 2019, God. And I wonder how many times when we pray that prayer, God is peering over the balcony of heaven going, I would love to, but you're getting in my way. I, I can't bless that behavior. Preston, that's called rebellion. I don't bless that. I don't bless that. In fact, I've let you know I curse that. You want me to respond that way? Do what I'm asking you to do. God makes it simple for Joshua and says, hey, buddy, on those days when you feel so outmatched and you don't know what to do and you look back and everyone's talking about Moses and comparing him to you, I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do. 
Don't take matters into your own hands. Just press into me, listen to what I'm saying, and do everything I tell you to do. That would make for a great strategy for 2019. It's not a sexy slogan. When somebody says, hey, what's your big goal for 2019? Obey. Try that at work and see what your lost friends say. Obey whom? <laughs> Obey God. It's not, it, it doesn't seem catchy. But I'm telling you, when you try it, you'll catch on to it. Because God promises to respond specifically when you hear and obey. Here's point number three. The third thing, behavior, be attitude, is believe impossibly. Skip down to Joshua chapter three if you're following along in your Bible. Joshua chapter three, now the rubber is really starting to meet the road here. The Jewish people are on the move. And I just wonder what they're all thinking about Joshua. Because God has said, listen, Joshua boy, I am going to make it obvious that I'm with you. But it really hasn't happened yet. I mean, the big moment hasn't happened yet, but we see it happen in Joshua chapter 3. Listen in verse 5, Joshua chapter 3, what Joshua says to the people just before it happens. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You know what one of the biggest dangers to believing for the impossible happens to be? Experiencing too much of the normal. The more we experience that which is normal, the less we are inclined to believe for the impossible. One of my biggest concerns, that was a nasty one-liner, by the way, that wasn't in my notes. I always like those. Listen, one of my biggest concerns for believers is living a natural life, a normal life. That is not the life Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth and died to give you. He died to give you the abundant life. The abundant life, not the boring normal life. So here's what that means. If your life as a believer in Jesus is boring, you're doing it wrong. That's not on him, that's on me. If my walk with Jesus is normal, something is not right. And it's not on his side, it's on mine. And sometimes the only thing that's not right is our belief. Maybe years ago you needed a breakthrough. You needed something big from God and you, you begged and, and petitioned and it never happened. Well, what does the enemy do with that history? He loves to remind you in days ahead when you need something and you go to God, what does he do? He whispers, hey, remember that one time? You needed something really badly. God didn't give it to you. He didn't do it for you. Okay. One of the dangerous aspects of our walk with Christ is getting comfortable with normalcy. Joshua says to the people, hey, 
something amazing is going to happen tomorrow. And what is his counsel to them? He doesn't just brag. He doesn't just say, hey, it's going down tomorrow. God's going to do something amazing. He doesn't hype them up. Before he tells them something amazing is going to happen, what does Joshua say? Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. How do you know you are believing for the impossible? Let me give you one way to know. You are prepared to steward what comes with it. Joshua says, prepare yourselves. Set yourselves apart. Consecrate yourselves. Get ready because God's about to do something amazing. I know everybody is begging God for something amazing to go down in 2019, but that's not my question for you. Here is my question for you. How are you preparing to steward it? Don't just tell me, yep, I'm believing God for big things. Tell me how you're preparing to steward it. I would be a fool as a pastor to say, I'm believing God for X amount of people to to come into our church for the first time this next year and not be preparing to steward them. It's great to walk around and tell everybody what your, your wish list for God is. But what God is watching is how you're preparing to receive it. Skip down a couple of verses and look what happens. The people consecrate themselves. They prepare. Joshua is ready to go. Verse 14 of Joshua chapter 3. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests, bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, the waters coming down from above stood up and rose up in a heap very far away. I don't know how long it's been since you've seen God do something miraculous. But let's believe together that we will all see him do something none of us could take credit for in our lives. That's what a miracle is. It's one of God's ways of saying, you couldn't do that. Only I could. That's what I love about miracles. Let's believe together. No matter how long it's been since you've seen him do something miraculous, believe for something impossible. Well, Preston, how do I prepare to steward a miracle like that? You pray about it consistently. You don't just get your house in order to hold it. You fill your house with the aroma of intercession. You pray about it consistently. Believe impossibly this year. Please don't go through a year where you don't need God to get to the end of it. That's one of the reasons I think it's such a good thing to believe for something impossible. Because without him, it can't happen. If everything you're setting out to do this year, you can do without him, what's the point of the movie? Put yourself in a situation that seems impossible to everybody watching your movie. And let God do what he wants to do in your life. But until he does, 
prepare yourself. That's a big part of believing for the impossible, preparing yourself to steward it. That brings us to point number four. Battle foolishly. Battle foolishly. Skip down to Joshua chapter six. Many of us know this awesome chapter. Great homework this week will be to read the first six chapters of the book of Joshua. Such a great, great story, but I think it's so appropriate for us as a family, as, as a church. Read these six chapters during the week. Get your year started off on the right foot. Look in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. Let me submit something to you that I really feel strongly that God is saying to us about this year. It's entirely possible that your human strategy will be your Achilles heel this year if you rely upon it. Human strategy is never the way to enter into the promised land. Divine strategy is what gets you there. And here's what I love about Joshua chapter 6. Think about all the different ways that God could have really showed the people of Israel that he was with them. Think of all the ways God could have showed Joshua that he was with them. Could have visited him in the flesh. He, he could have woken him up in the middle of the night every night for a month and said, I'm with you. But don't you think God had just a little bit of, of that divine, sarcastic smile on his face when he was telling Joshua, now here's how we're going to take the first city, my man. I want you to walk around the outside of the city one time for six straight days. Do what? You, you want me to what? Ah, yeah. Walk around the walls of the city once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, do it seven times. Get your walk on. Put your Fitbit on. Get around that wall. Great. Do you want us to take hammers and knock the bottom of the wall? You want us to take, what do you want, how do you want us to knock this wall down? By walking. Not by warring. See, if God would have come to me, if I were Joshua, and said, Preston, what do you think the best strategy would be to take Jericho as the first city? I would have said to God, you know what? Everybody's going to be watching this first fight. You need to send a message. And, and I just think you need to put your hand on us and we're going to run through the gates of the city and we're going to take the entire city. That's what I think you should do. Bless us in battle. Here's what's amazing about God. God goes, well, I'm going to bless you, but there's not going to be a battle on this first one. I'd like to prove a point. I fight for you. And when you obey, we win. So here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to do something foolish. Has God ever asked you to do something foolish before? How many times have you gotten frustrated by his foolish request? One of the things I've learned in my relationship with God is the crazier his request, the crazier his response when I do what he says. Instead of getting frustrated and going, this is ludicrous, God, what you're asking me to do. This is foolish. You should just start giggling and get that same sarcastic smile on your face and go, oh, it's about to go down. Because this is the craziest request you have ever made of me. It's about to go down. Get excited. Don't battle strategically this year. Battle foolishly. I'm not talking about battling like a fool. I'm talking about battle foolishly when the world looks and says, that, that's not going to work. That's crazy. That's right. Walking around the wall of the city is crazy. But when that wall comes down, there will only be one who gets glory and it will not be me. That's why God asks us to do foolish things. Let me show you in the New Testament what he says. This is not on the screen, but I added this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Here's what I love about God's most foolish request. He is sending me a message beforehand that when it all goes down and I step into success, I will never be able to take credit for it. Because the strategy I employ is too stupid on paper to work. Listen. God's going to ask you to do something foolish this year. Don't pull out your calculator and figure it out. Hit your knees and pray it out. But whatever you do, just do it. Just do it. Do whatever he asks you to do. That leads to the fifth thing, the final point. And this is, I believe, the biggest word for this year for us as a church. Be looking for bridges. Be looking for bridges. Jump back to Joshua chapter 2, and I want to read you the first four verses of Joshua chapter 2. And then I'll explain to you this idea of looking for bridges. Joshua chapter 2 verse 1 says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go ahead, view the land, especially Jericho. And they went, came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman, Rahab, had taken the two men and hidden them. 
Now, if you read the rest of the chapter, you see that everybody dies except Rahab and her family. And the only reason Rahab lives is because she hid the two spies. Okay. I believe this year that one of the biggest keys to us experiencing everything God has for us involves each other. Something is going to happen this year in your life that God does supernaturally through relationship in the house of the Lord. I believe it with all of my heart. He just keeps saying it. It's why we're kicking off the first series of the year entitled Together. It's why we're starting groups. And and for the last two years, we haven't done groups because we've been trying to figure out what God was saying to us about groups. It wasn't that I never believed in groups. It was that I didn't believe in groups the way I'd seen it done before. So God gave us a way to do groups. That is crazy. Some of you are going to sit through it and you go, oh my word, this is crazy. Yes, it is. That's why I put foolishness in this message because we're going to ask you to do some crazy stuff this year and you're going to see God's response some really big things are going to happen this year in your life through relationship now when we read Joshua chapter 2 verses 1 2 3 and 4 and we talk about bridge building and relationship, it would be easy to look at this story and go, oh, Preston's saying, I need to find a Rahab this year. I need to build a relationship with a Rahab. I need to bless her. And, and that's how it's going to happen. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is your Rahab. Your Rahab. Let me help you understand why this is so important. What if I told you that God was making you a promise and he was saying, I will take you there after you help them take the lamb. What if I told you that the biggest thing that God wanted to see before he took you where he's telling you he wants to take you was you help someone else get where God was leading them to go? You're Rahab. Rahab would have died had it have not been for the two spies and the commitment they made to her to protect her because of what she did for them. Let me, let me say it another way. What if there's a locked door in front of you and you've been praying that this door would open up, that it would unlock and open up and the Lord was saying, this is the year I want to open the door. But what if he said to you, The key to opening this door is to helping someone else walk through their door and take the land on the other side. What if your going further required you helping others go forward? Would you help them more? Listen. When you think it's the church's responsibility to help others go forward, it's easy to make excuses and go, ah, that's somebody else's responsibility. But when you know your Rahab and your very existence demands that you help them 
take the land God is calling them to take. You hide those spies, and you feed those spies the best meal they've ever had in their life. Listen, hide the spies this year. Don't make this year all about you. One of the biggest keys to where God is leading you to go is helping some people around you that he will put on your radar and make it obvious which ones. But one of the biggest keys to you going there is helping them take their there. So here's what we're going to do. In this series together that we're starting next week, we're going to practice more consistently doing life together. I know for some of you that weirds you out and you wish you didn't have to do this. But here's how we're going to end this message. Because listen, the best message I ever preach isn't up here. The best message I ever preach is out there. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to have some together time, some family time. Don't feel uncomfortable. Maybe this is your first time in our church. We're not going to weird you out. We're not going to ask you to do anything crazy. But I want you to find two people that you didn't come to church with, okay? And we're going to take about six minutes. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to introduce yourself to the other two people, all right? And then I want you each to say, this is what I'm believing God for in 2019. And no matter how crazy it sounds, say it out loud to somebody. Tell them. And each person do this. And then after all three of you do it, then I want you to each pray for one another related to what each person is believing God for. This is what family does. Don't go into this new year standing alone. Remember what God said, where two or three of you are gathered. Oh, I'm right smack dab in the middle of that conversation. Find two people you don't know. And if you're watching us online, you're driving in your car, this is okay. You don't, you don't need to crash the car. Here's what I tell you to do, all right? Whenever you get home, whenever you get where you're going, make a phone call. Call two other people that are close to you in your life and say, hey, what are you believing God for in 2019? And I just want to pray alongside you and pray over you before I hang up. Thanks for joining us on Gateway.Live. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com.